Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The return voice claims nobody ever bought a pair of pillows and cycled home with them on the handlebars. We're going to come together. We want our voices heard. We want that station manned. There's only so many hits and kicks you can take when you're in business, whether you're a hairdresser or a restaurant. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96FM. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Parks 96 FM. All right, all right. Good morning. Beautiful out there. Lovely morning. There's a thing we've been working on for the last week and a bit. Quite a bit of legwork being done here uh, by Emer and Fergal. And then I came across a direct incident of it myself. Do you remember last week? Was it last week or the week before? Doesn't matter. Recent days, anyway. We had someone on from KPMG, a tax advisor from KPMG about how revenue is actually giving people money back at the moment. And I went away and I threw in a few figures for 2023 and lo and behold, we got a couple of quid back, quite legitimately, I don't mind telling you. And it was paid to us in the bones of 48 hours, really quickly, straight into our bank accounts. But we got word that day of people getting emails and one man in particular sent us a copy of a letter that he got claiming to come from revenue, claiming that a very reputable organization, namely taxback.com, had been appointed to act as his agent, and you know the rest, except this man had never heard of taxback.com. He'd never asked them, never heard of them, let alone asked them to be his agent with revenue. So we got that letter and we started asking a few questions back and forth. And then on Friday, while I was off, I heard of another incident where a person got an email, again, purporting to represent an actual company that actually does exist, that this person had never, A, never heard of, or B, never asked them to do anything about about their taxes and about their revenue. So there's something going on out there. In the midst of the taxman legitimately asking you, look, could you have maybe paid too much? Is there a few bob we have belong to you? In the midst of all of that, Something's going on that that isn't quite kosher. So we will uh, come back to that during this morning. Good morning to you. You know, it's after the holiday weekend, it's hard to know. It's Wednesday we have today, isn't that? It is Wednesday. It is. Yeah, Wednesday. It is. Yeah, it's Wednesday. (laughs) Wednesday the 7th. 
morning. 0818969696, the number of the text or WhatsApp is 083-396-9696 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. If you have had any communication like that with regard to your text, listen up because we'll come to it during this morning. But I start in McCroom where Gardaí are awaiting the results of a post-mortem after a man was found dead at his home there yesterday afternoon. He's been named a 61-year-old Michael Foley, who I believe, Maureen Tui joins me from the newsroom. Maureen, I believe he was known locally as Mickey. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, you're right there. So, 61-year-old Mikey, or as you say, um, Michael, as you say, known locally as Mickey Foley. He lived in sheltered accommodation at Anvil and Barrett's Place. Now, his body was found yesterday at his home, and it's understood that uh, Mr. Foley, who lived alone, was found with extensive head injuries in the kitchen area of the four-room chalet, as they say, at Anvil and Barrett's Place there in McCroom. Now, a guard investigation is underway, and as you mentioned there at the top, PJ, a post-mortem examination expected to take place today and what the Garda Press Office have been telling us is that this is going to determine the course of the investigation but it is understood that Gardaí believe that foul play was a factor in Mr Foley's death. Now Gardaí have found no evidence of forced entry at the property and they you know, have been examining the house. They said a preliminary examination has you know shown up that nothing was missing uh, suggesting there I suggest that robbery wasn't a motive. Mm-hmm. So they are doing some you know door to door inquiries as as would always happen with uh, incidents like this and you know they're saying that he was last seen alive sometime on Saturday now again those are initial inquiries and Gardaí are looking for anyone that has information they've set up a, an incident room um, at McCroom Garda station and investigators are appealing you know to anyone who may have seen any suspicious activity in Anvil or Barrett's place to contact them you know they want to you know speak to people who may have been driving in the area, people may be using the local uh, supermarkets. There's a super value there in the Castle Hotel car parks. And mm-hmm. if they do have, you know, dash cam footage, just have a look back. Anything at all, you know, no matter how in- insignificant you may think it is, it might be um, a massive help here to the Gardaí who are investigating this. And, you know, they've been gathering, as I say, that CCTV footage from the area. They're continuing those door-to-door inquiries. But that post-mortem examination that will uh, is expected to take place today, that's going to tell a lot and it's going to determine the course of this investigation. You know, the assistant state pathologist, Dr. Margaret Bolster, arrived at the scene around 7pm last night, carried out um, a preliminary examination of the body and then Mr. Foley's remains were brought to the mortuary at Cork University Hospital where Dr. Bolster will carry out that full autopsy um, at some stage today. Now, he had a brother who... Was was killed, murdered, isn't that right? That's right. So Timmy Foley um, was stabbed to death in McCroom in 2018. Now his ex-wife uh, was convicted of his killing and is serving that the mandatory uh, life sentence. So Timmy was 44. Uh, he was stabbed to death at his home at Dan Corkery Place in McCroom, and that happened on the 8th of October in 2018. Now Timmy Foley's wife Rita O'Driscoll from Bandon uh, was later convicted and sentenced to life in prison for her husband's murder. 
and that happened less than 500 metres from where Mickey Foley was found yesterday afternoon. Now, uh, Barry Roach in the Irish Times was there yesterday and uh, he actually met with Anne um, as she and her sister, they laid a floral tribute by the Garda Corden um, for their, their brother Mickey and she just said that they're all just shocked and that he used to be up and down to me in the city. This is what Anne said and uh, and she said she spoke to him on Thursday and uh, he was in good form and another sister Mary explained that McCroom, you know, had a sad association for the Foley family but she said that Michael seemed content to live in the town and she said, you know, she asked him how did he live there after what happened to their brother Timmy and he said that he'd have known most of the people Timmy knew in McCroom and sometimes he said it, it draws a bit of comfort to him and uh, she said he was happy here and that was in McCroom. So as I say PJ post-mortem today and that's going to determine the course of the investigation but it's understood as of now that they are uh, treating it as um, as suspicious, the death here as suspicious. Alright, alright Maureen and if anything happens uh, throughout the day I know we have it first from the Cork's 96 FM newsroom that post-mortem this morning Dr Bolster will carry that out, the results will determine, according to the Gardaí the results will determine where the investigation goes from now but you mentioned Barry Roach, Barry writing at the time this morning uh, quotes a guy the source and trust me when I tell you Barry Roach's guy the sources are as solid as the ground in which you stand uh, serious head injuries it would appear and seem to be the victim of a pretty vicious assault according to Barry writing in the Times they have the incident room at McCroom guy the station the number there is 0262059 all guy the confidential is one eight hundred six 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 one one one. More on that. Should it come in throughout the course of the day? Now, there's another story of interest to us this morning, and it's it's deeply personal to us all. Um, and that is, you'll remember the the tragic death of our colleague and friend from the sports department, Paddy Palmer, who died in the very early days of 2023, and indeed at the recent. GA Awards dinner, I wasn't there myself, but those who were said there was a Paddy Palmer-sized hole in those awards nights. And and that kind of put it really well. We loved and adored Paddy. But but there's a man called Bodan Bezverki is before the courts at the moment, charged with a number of different things relating to that accident after which Paddy died. Uh, but he denies a charge of dangerous driving causing Paddy's death. And that's ongoing at the moment before Judge Colin Daly in a jury of seven men and five women at Cork Circuit Criminal Court. Uh, Bezverki, who has an address at Rigsdale House in Ballinhasig, he denies the most serious charge of dangerous driving causing death, but he has pleaded guilty to a number of other charges relating to the accident. There was an amount of toing and froing in the witness box yesterday where we heard from a Gada witness that Bezverki spoke to Gadi using Google Translate. He's Ukrainian and his English isn't good. He spoke to Gadi using Google Translate and he said things like, I'm sorry, I was scared, I have no excuses, I wanted to go to you tomorrow, I'm very sorry for my actions, I want to apologise. I'm very sorry for what happened. These were all given to Gardaí using Google Translate. His defence 
counsel is a man called Seamus Roach, senior counsel, and he was putting it to the Garda witness yesterday, Detective Garda O'Donnell, that these were responses that the accused was making to the other charges and not to the charge of dangerous driving causing death. It will continue, I suspect, for a day or two more before Judge Daly and a jury of seven men and five women. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Corks 96 FM Feels so good. Dario Callahan brings you the best music mix on Oldies and Irish. Every Sunday from midday on Corks 96 FM. Welcome along to the programme. Great to have your company on a Sunday. As I say, it's a privilege. Hopefully you can join me. Turn it up and take it easy with a big show on your radio. It's the perfect Sunday soundtrack. In Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Every Sunday from midday to 2 p.m. on Cork's 96 FM. Here's an interesting story from the United States election, which is underway and will run until the end of the year. And we'll decide to, for the Americans, decide who will spend the next four years in the White House. As you know, Donald Trump is looking to get back in there. Joe Biden is looking to back in there. Uh, Nikki Haley is looking to overturn Trump as the uh, Republican candidate. But here's the thing from the state of Nevada. <laughs> U.S. elections are strange, strange things because the rules are different everywhere. Like they can be different across the road, let alone in different states. But Nevada, the law in Nevada <laughs> has a strange twist in it. You can vote for none of the above in in in, a, in an election in Nevada, and Nikki Haley was hoping she'd she'd do well out in Nevada, and the the option, none of the above, actually won the Nevada primary, which is mad, absolutely mad. Actually, we got this message from Nick over the last few days, uh, which asks a question. Why is no one, and I mean no one, he says, in the Irish media, print or broadcast, talking about what's happening in Texas right now? It's the closest thing the U.S. has come to civil war in 160 years. Has been going on now for over a week and surely should be a massive world news story by anybody's standards. Yet no one here seems to have the slightest interest. I can't understand it, says Nick. Nick, I'm not 100% sure about the situation in Texas. I've seen some press reports on it and heard some late-night radio discussion. Um, but if you'd, look to, if you'd like to tell me what's going on over there or if there's anybody listening, as I know they do in Texas, any Corkonians in Texas would like to uh, let us know what's going on. be happy to discuss it. But we don't run away from anything here. We'll, we'll discuss pretty much anything. 0818 96 96 96. Though, staying local, I'm going to Corablon in Mayfield. Linda Revel. Linda, you've had a... Oh, God, Linda, God help you. You've had a fairly horrendous week. What happened to you? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. So, basically, last Wednesday, we had a house fire. And my partner went down to collect our son from school with the two younger ones. And when he came home, the kitchen was just... 
in the blaze and he tried to open the front door to go in and it was just thick black smoke coming out and he just, he couldn't go in. So then he came back out and the fire brigade got rang and basically the fire brigade came up then. Yeah. And they put out the fire and whatever and in the meantime I came down and then they brought out like the remains of an air fire and said that's basically what started the fire and the air fire wasn't actually on at the time but it was plugged in like on standby. Okay. Okay. And and it spread to the whole house, did it? Well, all the whole kitchen just got burned and all the rest of the house then is just like thick black like everything is black and the firemen told us like that we wouldn't be able to take anything because of toxic fumes from it. Smoke damage and all of that. Yeah. Smoke damage, yeah. You're so council tenants, see. aren't you, Linda? We oh, are. Yeah, yeah. And, and the council have said they can sort this out for you. Yeah, they did. So they basically put us up in a hotel for like that night and the next night. But coming into the long weekend, then there was uh, no more rooms available. So they basically got on to us and said that there was a house furnished up in Cathedral Road with two double beds and a single bed if we wanted to stay there or we can make our own accommodation. And so we went up and like... We have four children in school in Mayfield, all out at different times and stuff. So it just, we weren't going to fit in, say, and it was, we'd have to travel to, say, town and up to Mayfield four or five times a day. Yeah, there's five kids, isn't there, Linda? Yeah, my youngest is nine months, so she's not in school. Yeah, so you four school-going kids, and they're going to school in Mayfield, and then if you're in Cathedral Road, that would involve... A trip to da- to town and then back up to yeah. Yeah. Now the council will be able to to fix the house, will they? Well, they will, but they said it'll be a long time before like it's ready to be lived in again. But I know. in the meantime, they do have another house available for us. They said which will be available in four weeks' time. Okay, in the same area. It's in Mayfield area, yeah. Okay, okay. So what you're stuck with now is over the next four weeks. Can you take the place in Cathedral Road? Is that. Well, it was like temporary accommodation that we were offered in the meantime because we had nowhere to go. I know, I know. And are you taking it? No, we've opted to stay with family in Mayfield so that we're close to the children's schools and stuff. Okay, so where are you staying at the moment? So at the moment, no, between my mum's and my partner's mum. Okay, that's hard going with four school-going children and a smallie. Are there some with you and some with your partner, or are you split between the houses or what? Well, the plan was that we were splitting up to see the kids were missing us, and they want to be with us all the time. So at the moment now, we're in my partner's mum's house, like, and we're just between couches, beds, blow-up beds. Now, your friend set up this GoFundMe because, apart from the house being damaged and everything, you've lost, you've lost everything, I suppose. Yeah, literally. 
we literally left with what we had on us that day. But to be honest, PJ, I'm just thankful that we're all okay. I know. You, you know, clothes and shoes can be replaced. Exactly. So, you'll have a new place to stay in a couple of weeks. The council will do up this house for you. But in the meantime, you need help. You're a young family with five children. What What do you need, Linda? Well, to be honest, we've had all, like, we, family, friends, everything, the wider communities, and they've all been giving us bits and pieces, sorting us, a bit of clothing, clothes for the kids, a few toys, just stuff to keep us going. We're very grateful and we really appreciate it. Like, there's a lot of people behind us. And we know that too. Yeah. It was your friend Graham who set it up. Yeah, that's actually my sister-in-law's partner. If there's anybody listening this morning that can help, is there anything in particular that, that you need that we could help to get for you? Well, at the moment, because we don't have a place, we're kind of limited to just needing, you know, with just the clothes and stuff. But like when we get the house, we'll just, we'll be starting from scratch. Yeah. So any help at all, we're very grateful of. There's over 3,800 in it at the moment. And that's, that's very kind of people. I'm looking at a, a picture of your family here now. You're together a long time, yourself and your partner? We are. We're together since we were 15. Ah. We're 18 years this year. And you know, it's the strength of that relationship will, will get you through it all. That's it. Once we have each other. Mm-hmm. How are the kids dealing with it? They're not too bad. Like What ages are they, Linda? So, uh, the oldest is 14, then 11, 4, 3, and 9 months. You're couch surfing with, with family and friends at the moment, and in a few weeks, this substitute place will be ready for you in Mayfield, which is great. How Are the kids okay for getting up and down to school? Have you a car? Uh, we don't, but at the moment, their nan is dropping them, which we're very lucky. So... The GoFundMe is there. We'll share it. Um, because when you get your new place, you're going to need a bit of furniture. You're going to need clothes. Yeah. <clears throat> We're just literally going to have to start from scratch, like beds, clothes, floors, washing machines, dryers. Yeah. You know, Linda, it, I'm listening to and I'm kind of thinking, it's the one thing that I know I... I Dread is a fire. It's it's people's worst nightmare. It is our worst nightmare. We will share the GoFundMe. And if anybody wants to help out, a young family, five kids, partners together since they were 15, you will have a place in a few weeks' time, but you've nothing to put into it except the clothes on your back. If anybody wants to help, then they can make contact with us and we can put you in touch. How does that sound? Thanks very much, PJ. We really, really, really appreciate it. No 
No, that's that's what we're here for on a programme like this, is to help people like you that get caught in a situation out of their own making. Linda, you have the, I won't say have a good day, you have the best day that you can. Thanks very much, PJ. Hope you have a good one. And don't mind me. Don't mind me, Linda. Thank you. Thank you. The best luck to you and your and your lovely family. Uh, you're hard to go. You think you've problems, don't you? Eh? 0818969696. That GoFundMe we've shared now on our socials. If you go into GoFundMe and look for a local family get through this desperate time, it's set up by Graham, Graham O'Neill. It currently has, I'll just hit the magic button here, which tells me. It currently has just over 3,800 in it. It would be nice to get a couple of bob because when they get, and look, they'll get their house sorted. They'll get accommodated by the council in a few weeks' time and the house they were living in will get done up in the fullness of time. To be fair to the council, uh, they're doing all they can for the family, but they're going to need clothes, they're going to need shoes, they're going to need furniture, they're going to need everything. As Linda said, they walked away with the clothes on their backs and that's about the living size of it. It, your your heart will grow. If, if you have anything that you might be able to help, if you've clothes laying around that would suit kids, um, maybe you could help. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And yes, you do get, you know, lots of people appealing for help from, after various tragedies and various things befall them. You'd like to help everybody. You can't, but every so often you come across one. You say, yeah, we'll talk to them. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Kate said, "Smoke is the worst. She'll need almost everything. People try and make do or air them out, but it just gets worse and worse and more rancid as time goes on." Kate, you're not wrong. I remember when we lived in Carrigaline, and that's twenty years ago, more than twenty years ago now. There was a house fire. Our neighbours next door in Carrigaline had a house fire. We were gone. We were just gone out of the place, and our neighbours next door had a house fire and we went down to see what we could do and I got onto the Lions Club down there to see what could be done for them and you want to see the state of the place lads you really, smoke is brutal, smoke and water and then someone, you see this is the thing and look the council will do what they can and in fairness Linda's grateful for what the council are doing uh, I'm heartbroken listening to Linda. She lives nearby. There's a vacant house idle near this caller for the past three years. She has the most beautiful... See, why does that happen? Why are these houses that are so badly needed at the best of times, why are they lying idle? Why are their houses still lying empty around the city? Why lie? No one seems to be able to answer that question. Not a councillor, not an executive member, not a TD, not a minister. Nobody seems to be able to answer that plastic question. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Just do a quick search of stuff with regard to this Texas story that Nick wants to know why no one's talking about it. So there is a, a standoff between the authorities in Texas and the White House over illegal immigration. Uh, there's a huge number of migrants who've crossed into the US illegally since the beginning of 2021. I'm reading here from the BBC website, and there's a, a standoff now between the governor of Texas, a man called Greg Abbott, and President Joe Biden. And there's Supreme Court rulings involved, and 
It's ongoing. Um, in China, there have been some reports in China that there's the, a, a civil war. They're, they're on the verge of a civil war and that China may try to break away from the US and declare its own independence. That's some, but it's there. It, it's, it exists. I'm not there. I haven't seen a whole pile about it other than the reports. As I say, I'm quoting there from the BBC. Um, but thanks for bringing it to our attention. Nick, and I know that we have listeners who pick up on our podcast all over the States and indeed pick up on our overnight repeat show all over the States. So if you're in Texas or you have anybody in Texas or you have business in Texas or relatives or friends in Texas that might be able to shine a bit of light on this story for us, I'd love to hear from you. If you are over there, opinion at 96fm.ie is the best way. 0818969696. I'm going to declare something here. I don't like TripAdvisor. I use it. I get reviews off it for places I want to go on holidays, for apartments I want to book, and things like that. But I'm always a bit dicey about TripAdvisor. I have put my own reviews up there over the years. But TripAdvisor is just too easy to use. Um, and it's it's too easy for uh, a gobshite to put whatever they want up on TripAdvisor. And if I was a, a publican or a restaurateur or anything like that, ran any kind of a business at all, TripAdvisor, like, you cross someone, someone just rubs you up the wrong way or someone isn't happy with your service and they can destroy you on TripAdvisor. And you have, you have little or no comeback, which is which is most unfortunate. But um, what's very funny here, Corkbio, Thomas Lawrence at Corkbio. Thomas, you've been looking at TripAdvisor. Some of the things that have been said there about some of our most beloved attractions in Cork. I'm laughing at this. The Blarney Stone is too grimy and too many people have been kissing it. Like, sorry, good morning. (laughs) That's right. Morning, PJ. It's so funny. So what people will write, like the the the, the, the fella from a, from where where was he from from Australia who complained about the narrow stairs in Blarney Castle? What did he expect yeah. a lift? I think yeah, I don't think people. I think people expect uh, not too much, but maybe the wrong thing when they go to certain monuments and attractions. You had a little dive through. Tell me some more what you found. Oh. I had, a, I had a bit of a deep dive, yeah, of, um, well, there was a lot for Blarney Castle, obviously. Um, so some people did find the stone too slimy. Only after kissing it did they find it too slimy, though. <laughs> Have you kissed it, PJ? Many, many years ago. It slapped oh, many, me well, To work in radio, you have to. <laughs> you have to go and kiss the Blarney Stone. Um, well, were, the Blarney Stone has its own TripAdvisor profile as well, as well as the castle. So there's plenty of people just reviewing the stone. Um, there was a good one, I thought, for the gunpowder mills. You know, those old ruins. Yeah. And so on, one, there was a one-star review, because I always like to go to the one-star reviews first. Um, someone said, there's nothing here except for the fact that something once was here. And they gave it, that was their one. And I just thought that summed up the whole concept of history, to be honest. Yeah, isn't that what history is about? You go to places that once were something else and you hear the story of what was... Exactly. 
Um, and I, I actually, I was looking a bit further afield last night, and I saw if you even if you just click on a random thing like I don't know the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, some people were giving it one star because it was foggy, or because it's just a bridge. That was one of them, just the bridge. Actually, you mentioned it, whether Spike Island. Someone went yeah. to see Spike Island, which is now, and it is classed as a, glo- a global exhibition oh, yeah. of excellence. It's it's won international awards, and someone someone complained. I hadn't expected torrential downs, downpours. It was yeah. the first of August. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people complain about the weather in TripAdvisor reviews. That's what they use it as a place to give one star for the weather. Like if you're going to come to Ireland. You need to research the weather, don't you? Be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Check with Matt Aaron before going to Spike Island. Mm. Um, but you said we do, uh, at CorkBO, we have covered before stories where businesses do sort of shoot back in the comments when when a review is particularly unfair. Um, but I guess a huge monument like Blarney Castle isn't in a position to do that. No, not all the time, anyway. Spike, although, <laughs> did push back against that one. This they end. did, that's right. You're, you're not rating our site, but you're rating the weather on the day and your own failure to prepare for it. Ow! Yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I did like one of the commenters said that they could see why the prisoners rioted in 1985, which is a good review, I think. Of a, of a they, Obviously, they learned something. I saw that actually. You can see why they rioted in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I, I, I said there before I brought you on, Thomas. I'm not a fan of it. I think it's too easy to get on and say nasty things. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit wide open, isn't it? Um, but that's why I like to look at the one stars because if a place has got like ninety five percent five stars, and then you know there's a handful of one stars review, they might be fair. It might be the the coffee was a bit expensive or whatever, but usually you know there's going to be something uh, fun and a bit mad in the one-star reviews. Yeah. So as long as you take that into account, you can maybe you can generally trust it. Yeah. You, you <laughs> someone was complaining about Cork accents. Yeah, yeah. Someone found it difficult. A few people actually um, found it difficult to understand Cork accents on tour guides and things like that. <laughs> it's in, you're Not in Cork. Me. What do you expect, like? Yeah, in- not me. I, I should say I've lived. I've lived here for eight years, and I I understand every accent. I'm fine. You're one of our own at this stage. Shandon, oh, the, <laughs> the bells of Shandon. Our, we're so proud of the bells of Shandon. Yeah, they're oh, all yeah. right if bell ringing tickles your fancy. If it's you- up, yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not a cinema up there. People should be aware that it is ringing bells if you go up there. Crawford Art Gallery, boring if you're not into paintings. Why would you go to an art gallery if you don't want to look at paintings? What did you expect? I know, yeah. <laughs> and um, I like the in the Blarney Castle, someone was angry that the um, the poison garden at Blarney Castle wasn't poisonous enough. Yes, I love that one. <laughs> I wouldn't be commenting online, to be honest. The guards might want a word, I don't they, know. They read, they wrote... Most are just slightly iffy toxins that might give you yeah. tummy ache, but probably not. And and, and as you said, they, what were they looking for? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they tested them. Were they with an slightly. in-law that, that they would wish bad on or something? Well, that would make sense. Then maybe it would have had five stars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The English market. Um, someone said we ended up eating at Burger King. Well, that's your loss, pal. <laughs> 
yeah. Maybe they're yeah they're annoyed that it's too close to Burger King and the temptation was too great. Yeah, a lot of people were um, disappointed that the English market is a market. A lot of the one star reviews acknowledge that it's an amazing market space, but they still just say, "But it's just a market," which is it's sort of in the name, isn't it? Yeah. What do they expect? You you wonder what do what do they? And St Finbar's Cathedral now, famous oh, dating yes. back to God knows when. And, yeah, and they found was... nothing much to see. Yeah. In fact, when I saw, I saw that review, and I um, for the article, I went and looked up the history of the cathedral. And it turns out there is a lot to see. But um, maybe it was raining. I don't know. Maybe it was foggy. That, of course. And Bishop Colton should have been able to rearrange the weather properly. I'm, I'm laughing because <laughs> knowing Bishop Colton as I do, he'd have seen that. He'd have seen that review and said, how very dare you? <laughs> You'd keep an eye on it, would he? I know. Listen, thanks for that. Um, TripAdvisor is, it's fun to read, but I'd hate to be trying to run a business with people threatening TripAdvisor on me. Uh, Thomas Lawrence from Corpio, thank you. 0818 96 96 96. They have a great story about a TripAdvisor review of a restaurant in Santa Ponza, which I'll tell you later. I must also tell you my favourite John Bruton story. I was trying to think of a John Bruton story after his death was announced yesterday. I'll, I'll get to that as well before, before midday. But businessman, hairdresser, is pushing back against what the government have announced about that warehouse tax bill for May. Come to it next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Cork's 96 FM Listen to Cork's 96 FM on your smart speaker. Say. Simply say play Cork's 96 FM. Quirks 96 FM. So Michael McGrath, the Minister of Finance, announced at the weekend that this warehouse tax that uh, businesses owe and will have to pay come May, there'll now be no interest on that, zero interest, and you can have up to a five-year payment plan on whatever warehouse tax debt you have, which is warehoused during COVID. And that comes as a response to lots of businesses saying that having to pay that bill will break them come May. But Wayne Lloyd, Wayne has a couple of hairdressing salons. Wayne, that's not much use to you, is it? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Good to speak to you. No, well, no, not really. What's happened to me is I had a phase payment plan and I ended up with pneumonia and missed my November PRSI payment. It cancelled my phase payment plan. They won't negotiate with me. They won't speak to me. And they're sending it straight to a credit agency. So what I'm hearing from the government and what I'm hearing from revenue seem to be two very, very separate things. So you already had a phase payment plan. What was that for? So that was for our warehouse taxes. Uh, we didn't have a lot. It was, it was something up to 30K. I've got two salons, about 15 staff. I used to have three salons with about 36 staff. Thank God I got, haven't any more. Um, and uh, I'm an ex-president of the Irish Hairdressing Council. So we can see uh, kind of across the board how this is affecting people. But what I'm seeing is revenue playing very, very tough. So what we're seeing from the government and what I'm experiencing firsthand from revenue and what I'm hearing from other salons is not the same thing. Yeah, because Michael McGrath at the weekend when he announced this scheme, 
They said none of the warehouse debt that's due in May, none of it will attract any interest and payment plans will be set up. But you're already paying on warehouse debt, so will you not come in under what's going to happen in May? Well, I honestly don't know now because they won't actually even speak to me. They won't take a call. They won't negotiate with me. And so I can't talk to them. I can't explain my circumstances. Uh, January and February are two worst months in our industry as of um, hospitality as well. And people are struggling. But I can't speak to anyone. And you missed a payment. Yes, I missed one payment. Not of my phase payment. I missed my PRSI in November, and because I missed that, they cancelled my phase payment uh, arrangement, and they won't negotiate. So you have a phase payment plan, Mm -hmm. and because you missed a PRSI payment... From November, and let's face it, it's only just just finished January. So this was a couple of weeks ago now. So in January, they cancelled my phase payment because I was late paying my November PRSI. That's harsh. Sounds it to me anyway, for sure. And what have your accountants said to you about this? They won't negotiate with my accountants. My accountants are brilliant. I'm not going to name them. Um, but uh, I'll say the names, Colin and Alton, absolutely amazing guys. And they said, I'm really sorry, when They won't negotiate with us. They've said, that's it. So what are they going to do? Send it. So I'll go to the sheriff now or debt collection. Um I'm offended by that because I, you know, I'm trying to work my way through things. Everyone's playing catch up. Uh, January and February are tough. I employ a lot of staff and I, I pay revenue. Uh, uh, I'm going to try not to swear here, but a bloody lot of money. And um, I'm, I'm tax compliant. The problem we have as well is I'm also paying for our industry has a huge black market that you and I have spoke about before. But revenue doesn't chase it. They expect us to chase it for them and report them. As you and I both know, Irish people don't do that. They're going to send a debt collector now. I assume yeah. that if and when the debt collector comes knocking on your door, you'll have the money. That should, that should sort it, shouldn't it? And where am I going to get the grand from? They want the whole money for the phase payment for five years. So it's not just the four grand from November. They want everything. Oh, dear. Oh or dear. that potentially they can close me down. Do you see where I'm coming from? Oh, I do. It's all becoming very clear now, Wayne. It's, I'm, and I apologize if it's taken a few seconds for the, for the penny to drop here. It's a bit complicated because even, even for me as a businessman, it is, it is bloody complicated. It's not just enough for you to pay them what you missed. No, 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 I can pay, the, I can pay them that. I've paid it already. <laughs> but because it was late, they've cancelled my phased payment. They won't negotiate on anything and they want, I think I've got about 30 grand's worth of phased payment over five years. We've knocked away a lot of it. Um, you know, it was more than that. We've paid off as much as we can over Christmas and uh, now they won't, they won't do it. But, it, you know, you have to look as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off about the fact that I'm paying for the uh, wages of the people on the black market. Revenue don't chase them. Um, They come after the people that are already paying taxes. We've had something like four or five minimum wage increases. Now, people say, oh, but people deserve a minimum wage. However, look at it from my point of view. I employ PJ. PJ gets $12.70 an hour. It's gone up a quid. So he doesn't really see it because he gets taxed on it. I don't really see it because I get taxed on it. Revenue get it. Yeah. Now, in in your former capacity as president of the council you're you're clearly in contact across the the board with a lot of businesses wayne yeah 
2024 could be very bleak for the hairdressing industry. Well, it already is. Um, the problem we're having is we, we've had the VAT increase. We've had four or five minimum wage increases. We've got sick pay from three days to five days, and we have to pay pensions. Along with the uh, in- increases of electricity, increases from all our suppliers, our suppliers aren't accepting, a lot of them aren't accepting 30 days credit anymore. So it's nearly impossible. An island isn't made up of big multinationals, let's face it. It's made up of small businesses like mine and cafes and, and things like that in little towns and villages. We're not all big businesses, but yeah. we do matter. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly if I'm taking calls like yours today and I've taken calls from restaurants and pubs and cafes, it's the small businesses that are suffering here. The big the big guys, yes. the, the big household names, they'll be fine. They'll be grand. Yeah. And the whole thing about cash is king, what people are naive about, yes, you know, cash is great, but a lot of the time people don't declare all their cash. So it's the people that are declaring everything that, you know, people say, oh, the bank take a percentage and whatever, but revenue see exactly what you've got. Where We can't put money in our back pocket. Those days are gone. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, I always said when I started a business, I would never do that because if it was going to fail, it was going to fail because I'd done it bloody properly. And I've stuck to that. But 95% of our clients pay by card. We have to have a price increase in March, and we've, we have an open policy about it. I've told all my clients about it. And they're expecting it, but they some of them have said to me, we're not going to be able to come as often, or we may have to find a cheaper option. And, and, and I understand that, but we have no option or we'd be closed. Wayne, you paint a bleak picture, and unfortunately, you're not the only one. I sincerely hope you can cut some deal to get that payment plan back on track, because that, that certainly sounds like they're being very heavy-handed with you. Appreciate your time and thank you. Thank you, PJ, and it's people like you that make a, make a noise about it that helps us to get somewhere. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you, Wayne, and, and thank you. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six certainly does seem quite heavy-handed. After 10, this story we've been working on for a while now, it just landed in our laps while we were talking about the fact that you can get money back from revenue. It's a lot of people being told there's an agent acting on their behalf when in fact they've never heard of that agent. We'll talk about it after the news. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Cork's 96 FM The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, enjoy that little bit of sunshine and relief because this pure muck coming to follow us. Rain this evening and then tomorrow looking dodgy for most of the day certainly wet in the morning and wet in the evening, it'll dry down a bit during the day Friday, not great Saturday, yeah Sunday will be okay, and Monday and Tuesday, but uh, a bit of grot on the way, and it'll be that old damp cold grot as well for the rest of the week, so enjoy what you got today, get out and go for a walk around the lock and feed the ducks or something while you have a chance 
Can I wish the very, very best of luck to Garvin and the team at Lynch's Pharmacy in Broaddale. They had a fire there a few weeks ago. They are reopening today. Well done to everyone at the pharmacy in Broaddale. Reopening today, Garvin and the team. Amazing people go above and beyond at all times. They run a good service up there. I've been in that chemist more than once over the years and uh, best of luck to them going forward following their recent fire 0818 96 96 96 the number of the text or whatsapp 083 396 96 96 then your email opinion at 96fm.ie now there's a little story as to how we came to this next topic of conversation you will Recall, and it's there on podcast if you want to look for it, in the last week or two we spoke to a tax advisor from KPMG on the show about how at the moment the revenue is giving you back money. You might have overpaid on medical expenses, you might have prescriptions you can claim for, you might have other things working from home. You you know, you can claim your tax back and the revenue were advertising that you should go in and complete a return and there could be some money there for you and the KPMG tax advisor who was on with me last week said it's actually very easy, you can actually do it yourself so just purely on the back of that conversation I sat down and clicked my details into the revenue and sure enough we got a couple of quid back I threw back some medical expenses at them and some prescriptions and stuff like that and yet they, they actually gave us some money back, not a whole lot I'm not taking an, an extra holiday this year or anything but it was nice to get it. When we were talking to um, KPMG that morning, we got a message then at the end of it from a man who doesn't want to be named, and that's okay. That's okay. So he said, I received a letter today from Revenue stating that an agent acting on my behalf now has access to all my revenue records to submit claims and tax returns on my behalf and to receive correspondence in relation to any claims submitted. This is untrue. I don't have any agent working on my behalf, and I'm now worried someone has access to my revenue accounts. I rang revenue immediately, but I keep getting a message saying they are not taking calls and that all revenue-related issues should be done online. That's no good to me. I need to speak to a human being to report this. Any idea, please, what I can do? And he sent us a copy of the letter which identified taxback.com as the agent that he had agreed to act on his behalf with revenue to claim back whatever tax he was owed. And indeed, there's also a letter, a copy of a letter attached here where he authorized taxback.com to, to deal with them, deal with revenue on his behalf. Now, taxback.com is a very reputable company and I'm joined by... Marion Ryan, who is their business development director. And in fairness, Marion, I'm told you've been very helpful to us in putting this together, so thank you for taking our call. This man has never heard of you or your company and has no idea how you allegedly became his agents. Good morning. Yeah, and thank you, PJ, for, for giving me the opportunity to come on uh, and chat to you about this here because the last thing we want is people to receive a letter like that and get a fright and be like, oh gosh, I've never had anything to do with them there. Where is it, where is it come from? So I suppose, first of all, that um, if anyone receives a letter 
like that, it is an indication that someone has, you've been signed up to do a tax review with a tax agent, be it ourselves or be it with another company working in tax refunds like ourselves. And that's a security measure that's put in place between tax agents and the revenue. So it's kind of like a, a second step there to reconfirm that you're happy for us or another tax agent to do re- your review for you and get your tax refunds. Now, I know we can't go into specifics about the, the listener that sent you mm. the letter there, nor do, nor do I, I want to, so we'll talk kind of in, in general. Now just pause about- for a second there, Marion. He yeah. had, at the time of talking to us, he had never heard of you. So how did you yeah, become yeah. his agent? So generally nine times out of 10 in situations like that, it could be a case that they are married and their their spouse has clicked onto the link and signed up there for their review and unknownst to them there because they're the, what would be deemed as the accessible, accessible spouse is the letter would go out to them. So Sheila could sign up there to do a tax review with us, input all their details there, yeah. sign up to get the tax review done and then the letter because Joe is the yeah. Except, spouse, except the this man doesn't in, have a spouse. He's not married. Yeah, as, like, as I said, I can't speak for specifics on people's details. Now, I did advise your, your colleague there as soon as that came to us there to get send my details immediately to the to the person there. Mm-hmm. to get in touch with me and we could do a review on it because from our end it's impossible for us to sign ourselves up as someone's tax agent without getting authorization from them so they well, would when the person's never yeah. heard of you is, is there a possibility here that somebody is impersonating you Marion? impersonating us um no so that if that if our, if we're listed on it there and our name is on it as the the agent there, the details would have been sent to us, and we would have submitted them into the revenue to get access to it. Now, it's what what it could potentially be, which is quite worrying, which is something I've never came across here in my fourteen years with Taxback. Is it could be potentially maybe someone impersonating the yeah. customer, yeah. but in order for them to do that, they would have to have a huge amount of their personal information. So. For us to sign up with someone's agent, we need their name, their date of birth, their PPS number, their email address, their contact number. There's a huge amount of things. We need to get some photo ID from them and, and everything like that. So we would have had to have received that information yeah. before we would have been able to register as their tax agent. And I know, I know your colleague had reached out to that listener and yeah. gave them my details. And, and Revenue have dealt with this. Revenue have dealt with this and in fairness have told him that he's got nothing to worry about. But but, but, the, but this, yeah. st- still, it, it, it begs the question, how the hell did this happen? I, I, I'm, like as I said, my first assumption would have been that potentially they would have been jointly assessed, and that there. But you've mentioned there that that listener wasn't married. That the more worrying kind of thing would be that maybe someone had access to their details yeah. and, and registered them on the, our service for it. Now, I don't want to frighten listeners. There, this isn't something that happens on the regular. So if if, the, if that was the case, it would be the first time in fourteen years that I've come across well, that. Well, inter- interesting, interestingly, in communication with Revenue, again, our team here have been working on this for a couple of days and dealing back and forward with the listener. And in fairness to with yourself, you, you've been quite helpful. Revenue have said they have no idea how this happened, but they said it happens a lot. Yeah, it does happen a lot with us now, but it would happen that people wouldn't be. And see, I suppose people may have signed up for service and they, they don't realise that that's what they've actually done. They might have sat down, like you mentioned, dear staff at start and said, I'm going to get my re- my tax refund and they pop tax refund yeah. 
So if I was to go on your website, website yeah. yeah, if I was to go on your website, Marion, and and start poking around out of interest, and maybe signed up to something, I would have thought that good practice determines I then get an email or a message on my see, phone yeah. saying, "Are you sure yeah. about this? Is this what you want?" Yeah, you do. In order for that person to have been signed up first, they would have confirmed their interest potentially up to three times on right. it there. They would have got an email, an email with a similar kind of document that you would have, the customer would have sent you kind of saying, look, here's a copy of the form that you've now signed to give us permission to act yeah. as your, your tax agent. So they would have confirmed they've received an, an email first. I suppose we can't like they would have confirmed possibly up to three times now. I'm not yeah. speaking about your listener there. But no, no, because I, I also have a copy of that, that, that listener's letter um, signed. Now, it's dated the 9th of January. Um, it reads, I confirm I will provide the necessary documentation to taxback.com uh, to support any refund claims for credit. I will provide all my sources of income detail to taxback.com. I understand it, etc., etc. It's signed taxback.com which is typed taxback.com it's not signed by anybody and there's a computer generated signature for him he doesn't know how to generate a signature online something's yeah, up well, here can, no there's not to, to be honest like again we can't I can't I can't I have no idea of the customer that you're referencing there so I can't speak specifically to theirs but I can tell you that if someone goes onto our website if they can put their details they confirm their interest. That letter that you're referring to there gets automatically emailed to them there. It would be like we can't keep questioning someone as to whether they want to do it. If they've ticked that they want to do it, they've signed their forms online, they've confirmed their interest, they, we, we sent them the email to confirm everything to it there. It would be like me asking you to come ring every listener to the show oh, and ask them, do they really want to, to listen? Fully, like, fully do you know what I mean? understand this, okay. but that's not a human signature, that's computer generated. And again, I can't stress it enough, this is a gentleman who'd never heard of you. Yeah, well, like, I, I we, we deal with tens of thousands of people every day. I can't physically sit down and so, so automatically sign a wet signature on everything digital signatures are in place for, for years. That's the, the way it, yes. it goes again. And I, I can completely I understand that. You understand can buy, you can buy your, a car now with a digital signature. I understand that. But again, we, we yeah. come back to the key question of someone who has never heard of you. Somehow or other, this authorization went to revenue. Yes. Are you... Are you satisfied to investigate to see where it happened? Because you can't just let it there, can you? Well, absolutely. I have responded immediately to your colleague when they emailed about it. I gave my details. I can't investigate something I don't know. So the yeah. customer has still not reached out Yeah, he, he, to did, me. he went to Naturally, revenue. they don't want their details. He went to revenue yeah, and he was so, told he'd nothing to worry so, about. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's impossible for me to investigate something that I don't know. Yeah. Like Re- revenue, again, we do, revenue we do tens of thousands. Revenue said it happens a lot. Now, look, I'm, I, and again, I can't stress enough, you're a very reputable company, but someone seems to be either impersonating this gentleman. Absolutely, to. and that was the, the, the fear from the, the outset, so that's why I immediately responded back to say, look, here's like right. my details, my personal details. Get them to get in touch with me there, and I'll investigate it completely, because if the customer reaches out to me, I can see exactly the whole timeline for them there I can see where okay. their information how we got their information if someone came onto our website or if someone phoned us up or if someone sent us an email I can see 
a million mm. other different things on it if I know the specific customer that, that we're talking about there. But like, it's not something for people to be hugely worried about. It's a security set that's in place there. So again, it's a notification that comes from the revenue to say, mm. you have been signed up for this service. Well, it is worried because this, this gentleman's information is out there. Uh, Absolutely. I, could it have come from, say, a hack like we had in the HSE? Because there was loads of people got letters afterwards saying that their information had been hacked, their personal details had been hacked. Are people's PPS numbers floating around somewhere in the ether? Well, I'm, I'm, my concern about the customer that we're talking about specifically there is that someone has access to their details and they nefariously put them onto our website and signed them up. Yeah to our service there that it's an, I wouldn't be I'm not concerned about our data security here yeah. that there's been any issues with ourselves I would be more concerned that someone has got access to that customer's name yeah. date of birth PPS number email address yeah. and I appreciate that you have to attention. take the bona fides of someone coming through your 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 system as genuine you, you, you do uh, have to take that and like when they have all the, the personal information, like even we have security steps in that you sign up for the service, you have to then go into your own personal emails and confirm your your details and sign up to the account. So there's a huge amount of security steps in our end there to try and make sure that this doesn't happen there. And like, I can't, again, like I can't stress, I can't speak okay, specifically okay, to that customer. Okay. So a lot of things, information. But if, you, if they... If they are listening today and they want even some more reassurance, I suppose from me. Okay. Okay. Where okay. Well, 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 revenue, revenue has revenue has told this listener that they have nothing to worry about, which of course is a relief. But if you, if they want to, and we, I know that you invited that person to make contact, and they didn't. They went to revenue and said, but you'd be happy to to look into it further if if they if they followed up with you. Absolutely, just to even give them a bit more reassurance. And if it is the case that they're still worried that someone had their details wrongly and we're trying to claim back their tax refund in in, in, a, in a legitimate way, that's even more concerning for me because we don't want that to happen right. to our customers either as well there. So yeah, even though it's been sorted with the revenue for them, if they want to get in touch with me okay. to kind of reassure them even further and just give them more information as to how how this happened in their case specifically, I'm more than happy to talk to them. All right, Marion, thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, Marion Ryan, Business Development Director at taxback.com. So someone seems to have been, it would appear, impersonating this individual. They had a lot of information, they had PPS and they had email and they had all name and all this kind of crap, to, to the point where revenue was convinced that taxback.com had been appointed as an agent on our listeners' behalf when, in fact, he'd never heard of them. And when uh, revenue, when he contacted revenue, A, they told him he'd nothing to worry about, but they said this... They'd no, they said they had no idea how it happened, but that it happened a lot. They've taken taxbank.com off his account, and, and it's all good for him now, which is fine. Now, then on Friday, when I was off, I came across another case, um, and I can totally stand over the bona fides of the person who gave me this information. Uh, they've asked me not to name them, but here's the thing. This person got an email headed your tax rebate claim from payments team at taxrebate.ie saying we have, now this is a different company, we have successfully secured a tax rebate for you. That's great because this individual hadn't asked anybody 
to get anything for them, let alone a tax rebate. To receive your, and he even had a reference number. To receive your rebate, please provide your IBAN, your bank number, and the documents set out in the list below. Government-issued photo ID, like a driver's license or a passport, and an image of a bank statement that clearly links your name to the IBAN number supplied. And then offers a link to click on to upload all of that information. The person who got this email decided, you know what, they were a bit sus because they hadn't applied for anything. They'd never heard of this organization or this operation said, hi, that's great news about the rebate. Thank you very much. Well done. I'm so happy to provide you with all the details you need. I'll call to your office in the morning and hand them in to you directly. See, they have an office and uh, there is a company and I'm sure, again, they're quite reputable. uh, Taxrebate.ie I won't give you their exact address, but taxrebate.ie is a reputable company with an address here in Cork. What's going on? Here's someone who never heard of this company being told, oh, we've got you a tax rebate. Please send us details of your bank, details of your passport or driver's license. What's going on? What is going on? 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Corks 96 FM If anybody else has been getting those kind of letters or emails from... What look like perfectly legitimate companies, what are perfectly legitimate companies, offering them money back or saying we've got you a tax rebate or if you've got a letter from Revenue saying so-and-so has been appointed to be your agent dealing with your tax rebate and you've never... Come back to us because we think there's more of this going on. In fact, we're fairly certain there's more of this going on because there's a Reddit thread also on that other one I read out purporting to come from the company with the address in Cork where they said, they said we have secured a tax rebate for you Uh, please give us your IBAN and certain documents and we'll arrange to get it to you within a couple of working days there's a Reddit thread on that as well uh, and it doesn't go well for them and taxpack.com very, very reputable company we can't say that enough, they are and they get money back for people, they take a slice out of it, that's what they're entitled to do because they do all the heavy lifting for you and all the hard work for you there you go something's up 0818969696 Dean says I'm just messaging to say there is a tax rebate company in Cork and I think they've scammed me I went to Revenue last week and they said they'd received the money since the 11th of January I read a few reviews last night. There's more people having problems with them. Is there anything can be done to get it sorted? Or who do I contact to please keep me anonymous? So there's another one. Dean claims he was offered a tax rebate. Revenue know nothing about it. He sent the money. Or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> ah, it's all confusing. 0818 96 96 96. Now... I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it because just once we put it out there, people will come and join this conversation. 
Um, Liz Cullinan, uh, you lost your mom to breast cancer. It's quite a number of years ago now. The, the chances are, in these days, she, she, her life would well have been saved with the way things have have progressed. But but you've been you've been campaigning ever since, and indeed you survived cancer yourself too. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good. Good. That's good. That's good. Yes, I'm a survivor myself. Thank God. Yes, as you said. I think it's totally different today to what it was years ago with technology and everything else that they had today. But yeah. I think got to do with cancer and stuff like that. You know, it's totally different. But yes, unfortunately, last month to it. So I did out a bit of a bucket list, as they say, and I'm ticking them all off as I go. Yeah. <laughs> and your latest one, I love this. You want to climb Everest and you want to put her wig at the top of Everest. Yes, because recently I did, in 2019, I think, I did. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At uh, Kilimanjaro in Africa. And I summoned that, thank God, as well. But I had two things left belonging to mom. I had her scarf and I had her wig, obviously, from her chemo treatment. And her scarf is now up in Kilimanjaro. And I said, when I finished Kilimanjaro, okay, I said, her wig was going up in Everest. And my father was giving up mad and my son was giving up mad. And I said, no, you can't do that. They were saying they were good. Of course, they were thinking the worst side, but with... Um, we're going to the, the, the claim that I'm doing now. So I said, no, 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 no. I said, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Do you realize where you're going, mom? Do you realize where you're going? I said, it'll be fine. I said, her wig has gone up there. So hopefully, please God, that'll be, that'll be the next one to go up there. Yeah. How did you get into climbing? Well, I was always a very active person anyway. And then I do, I do a lot of um, work with Car Cancer Care Centre myself as well. So, and which was the owner of the Car Cancer Care Centre at the time, um, unfortunately passed away also from and cancer. And Alice Baran, yeah. That's right, Jess. Old friend. And um, like she actually did Kilimanjaro as well, herself, but unfortunately never made it. Um, and I said, you know what? I said, that's actually a lovely thing to do. 
And it just, it just, mum's scarf just came into my head for some reason or other. So I said, that's what, that, that was my goal. That was my goal to do it because I'll be honest, at the time, I wasn't very active at the time with Kilimanjaro. I actually, I did no training, absolutely no training, but I did it. I did it. You did, you did it. Well yeah. Your own, your own cancer journey was what, 10 years ago now? That was uh, nearly 10 years in May. This May. I'm officially over Peace Garden May this year. Excellent. And you, you, you had you made a, a full recovery, and you're giving. This is about giving back, isn't it, Liz? Giving back, as I said, like when I see the work, like that they're doing inside the Car Cancer Care Centre and all the places and that as well, obviously, but more of the Car Cancer Care Centre because I do a lot of work, as I said, for them in there. I just feel like you, you give back, and what you get in that as well. So, like the services they do in there, and because they're non-government funded and that as well, and I said, you know. Like it's just great. Like I'm after doing, like I, I did the Cork to Clarny work. I did McCroom to Cork work. Um, as I said, I did Kilimanjaro. <clears throat> um, Everest is my next one. Please God, and it's just great. And the feeling is great just to give it back. Yeah. So you Everest, just, you just feel you're off to sorry. Everest at the end of March. No, I take it you're not going on your own. Who who are you going with? Pat Felby. Pat Felby. Ah, well, you'll be in good hands there. Fairness. Oh, I will. I did that. I also did that one for Kilimanjaro as well. Yeah. He's great. Pat is absolutely fantastic. Sure, Pat, He's great. Pal, Pal, runs up and down Everest like I'd walk up Patrick's Hill. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. He's a great man in fairness. And he's so good. He's absolutely, he's great. Oh, I'd have, I'd have it no other way. Pat Falvey would be the only fellow that I would go with. He's great. Yeah. He was actually all excited when I did ring him a few weeks back. And I was telling him, like, you know, do you think, Pat, that I'd be able to do it? And like that, no, because I did a hip replacement and stuff as well. And my leg never came back 100%. Um, it's not as strong as what it used to be, put yeah. it that way. Even when I was doing Kilimanjaro, I literally still had to pull my leg up when I was doing that. Yeah. It, you know, it just wasn't wasn't as good. He said, he said are you think they're too nervous? I said, um, he said, Liz, he was so happy because of obviously sharing the experience with um, Kilimanjaro as well with him and the team that I did go there with, they were great, absolutely great. So I'm hoping the team on this side now will be good as well. Please God, it will be but. Um, no, he's absolutely fantastic. He's great, great, very helpful, and everything great. And as I said, he, he runs up Everest like some people walk up Patrick Oh, Hill, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He'll be beat out even looking at my time. <laughs> so you're off he's on the 23rd. Great. How long? How long will it take you to get there? To how long is the actual climb? Well, there's, there's twelve. There's twelve hikes involved in us, but you've rest days obviously in between that. Like we're 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 leaving on the twenty third of March, and hopefully, please God, I reach base camp on the second of April and back home then on the tenth of April. Okay, so you reach base camp on the second of April. That's a Tuesday, if I'm correct. That's a Tuesday, yes, yes. Well, yes. And I don't know what time it'll be in that part of the world, but if 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 phones work, will you talk to me that day? Of course I will. With pleasure. Of course I will. That's the Tuesday after the Easter weekend. That's right. That's right. So let's make a note in the diary that we shall talk to you and the aforementioned Mr. Falvey on the second day. Uh-huh. I'll have Falvey on standby next to me. If we can get, if we can get that phone line to work. Oh yes, after I hang Mum's wig, I'll be on the phone to you. Fair play. And take a picture yeah, and send and it's it to actually us. lovely because uh, my partner 
um, actually came into me the week before last with because he knows what it means to me just to do this, and he handed me the most beautiful plaque with um, just a beautiful saying on it, like about mom and that I'm doing the climb for mom and the date that I'm doing, the date that I reach um, base camp, please God, and stuff like that. And then at the end, to infinity and beyond. Oh my God, it was just so beautiful. But then he bored whole, he got holes bored at each side so I can tie it to the top when I get up there. It yeah. was just, it was so, it was beautiful, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Good, good luck with it, Liz, and we'll put your name in the diary and we'll do the best. <laughs> you, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised now if I got a better connection to you at halfway up Mount Everest than I would in Dublin Hill. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But we'll see. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. One other thing there, PJ, right. just before you do go off your mind, is there any chance um, that you'll be able to get some spot prizes? I'm actually running a night on the 3rd, again, for the Cork Cancer Care Centre as well, on the 3rd of March in the Thoman Bar in Cork City. So you'd never know what people will come up with. You'd never know what people will come up with. <laughs> and Dolly Spillane would never let me off without asking me for something either. So you're... you're, you're oh, in... <laughs> no, 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 but I just would appreciate if you if you could get some spot. We'll see, what we, we'll see what we can do, Liz. Thank you very much. And good luck, Liz Cullen, and she is climbing Everest to place her mum's wig up there. In memory of her late mom, she's doing it with Pat Falvey at the end of March, stroke into Easter. That'll be some achievement for the Cork Cancer Care Centre. She has a GoFundMe if you want to pop some money in there. Uh, summiting Hope, Liz's Everest Ascent. We'll find it on the GoFundMe. 0818-96-96-96. On tax returns, same thing happened to me. I started a new job. I thought the accountant for the company had signed me up. Don't mention my name. But I also got an email about sending ID and bank statements. We are getting some lovely offers of help for uh, for, for the family affected by that, that house fire. Um, we spoke to them earlier on this morning to, to Linda. Um, their house in Corleblon in Mayfield was really badly damaged by fire about a week and a bit ago. We'll podcast that interview later. We're getting some lovely offers of help for herself and her partner and and her five children. And I'll get to them in a little while. I don't want to make anybody feel old, but that song came out 14 years ago this summer. Holy moly. <laughs> Rihanna, only girl in the world, Cork's 96 FM. 0818 96 96 96. Now some lovely... Offers of help for Linda and the family uh, contacting us. The GoFundMe continues, and there's 3,800 and something in that for them. Marie says she has a big bag of clothes, and we can organise to get that collected. Uh, Baby changing unit, that's an offer from Jackie. Uh, Mac has a washing machine, it's only a few months old, they're welcome to it. How, how how lovely is that? Tasha has a cot, bed with mattress and a changing topper for Linda if, if she needs or if she wants it. June has a cot in nearly new condition. It needs a new mattress, rarely used. It's just for a visiting grandchild. That's from June. It's lovely. All those lovely messages coming in. And then, ah, would you put it past him for a second, lads? No, you wouldn't. The great... Joe Bourne. Joe here at Joseph's Hair Salon. I would like to offer that lady 
whose house went on fire, the full works at the salon when she wants to come over. You see? You see, lads? We're great. We're just great. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Coach 96 FM Hi there, Trying Tupperty here. Be part of my new adventure this Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. I'd have something for everyone with a mixture of conversation, laughter and great music. Talk to you this Sunday from 10am. The Ryan Tupperty Show on Sunday in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96FM. While those of us whose kids are either grown up or don't have any kids... Uh, enjoyed our first bank holiday weekend of the year last weekend. Others were pulling their hair out. I get the suggest or the sense, um, Kirsty Blake Knox, that you were one of those pulling your hair out. It was either playground <laughs> or go mad. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. Yeah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I over the course of the weekend, I actually visited six different playgrounds with my kids. I'm um, kind of just bouncing between them uh, just to kind of get out of the house. Um, and I mean, they're great. They're they're uh, they're fantastic facilities and all that. But it's kind of uh, you know at this stage, I used to kind of think about different bars and restaurants I might check out in a bank holiday weekend or concerts I'd go to. And now it's kind of like scoping out a new playground and kind of going to it. Yeah. So you're kind different stages of your life you're looking for different things you, you've you know? been you've been you've been writing about this in the independent the various types of parents that you meet at at yes, playgrounds I and, and I do remember having a young fella one time we couldn't pass a playground we would actually yeah. when we were out for a walk we would plot our route so we didn't have to pass one yeah. cuz it could get outside <laughs> yeah, exactly. When they catch sight and once they're in them, it can be, it can take, like, there's a lot of negotiating trying to get them out of it, you know, and kind of uh, promises of treats and stuff. Because as you said, once they're in them, they, they love them so much, it can be difficult getting them uh, out of them, you know. How old are your youngsters? Mine are five and three. So we're right in the thick of it, kind You're of. You're in my uh, prayers. In terms of, You're in yes. my prayers. <laughs> So it's a busy time. <laughs> I, I love the thing you wrote, though, about the different kind of parents, the TripAdvisor parents whose kids are a little older and they've reviewed every yes. playground for 10 miles. Yes, exactly. Like, so you'll kind of, I just noticed it because you're spending so much time in these playgrounds hours that you kind of notice different types of parenting groups. And you've, and I've probably been every single one of these parenting groups myself, I'll say. But yeah, the TripAdvisor parent is the kind of one who has done assessments and they can kind of tell you about the pros and cons of different playgrounds. What has like, you know, good, like important stuff like, are, is there a nearby coffee shop or uh, where you can get your coffee? to kind of get through it um, are there good toilets um, is there a giant sand pit which you might want to avoid if you value your carpets at home and stuff like that so they're a real kind of they have great intel and it's always good if you meet that sort of person because they can give you a steer on what places to go to and what ones maybe aren't so so great and as a frazzled mummy are you looking at these people going where did you get the time 
I know. Well, I am like as a as a kind of I'm always envious of what I call like the prepared parent, like because they seem to have everything together. You'll see they kind of arrive with like huge amount of of like paraphernalia, and they have like Tupperware boxes full of like snacks and you know. Oh, the kid bag! Oh, the kid bag! Yes, the kid. Yeah, kid. We we had a fella when my two were small. There was a fella. I I don't know what his name was, but I I christened him Kit Bag Kevin. Because he'd, yeah. he, he'd about six kids. I don't know whether even all his. Yeah. And he, he was like he was like a fellow going <laughs> climbing Everest with a, everything yeah. in the bag. Like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you kind of wonder how do they how are how are they so together? How are they on top of everything? Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. Like uh, kind of how like you said, they have that kind of kit bag. I was once at a playground and one of my kids fell over and cut her knee and a mum took out, you know those first aid kits, the green ones that they have in like work <laughs> in offices and stuff like that. Like it was like a huge first aid and I was just so impressed that she had her her life that together that she kind of thought of every eventuality and prepped for it. Pseudo cream. Everything is said in the bag. <laughs> uh, then there's the first, yeah. you can spot a first time with a mile away, can't you? Oh yeah, I think because when you have like a baby, if especially, and you're kind of just have the baby in the pram, and you're doing circuits of 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 parks and walkways and stuff like that, and you're you can't wait to get into a playground because you'll have some social interaction. There's stuff to do, and you can meet other parents who are in a similar kind of boat. Boat. So you've got this kind of naivety and and excitement, and you're full of enthusiasm, uh, but you don't kind of realise that this will now be the next six or seven years of your life. <laughs> that you'll be doing this every weekend, so you're you're full of kind of wide eyed, um, kind of optimism about uh, being in the playgrounds. Then there's the one yeah. who just can't take enough care. They're they're climbing up with the child. They'd nearly come down yeah. the slide only their arse gets stuck in it. They they they, they won't <laughs> let the child be a child. Yeah, exactly. They kind of almost shadow their kid around the playground and they're kind of climbing up in the climbing frame to make sure they're okay. I sometimes see like uh, dads like this in like soft play areas where they'll be just in the corner of a ball pit kind of and they'll have almost decamped to, you know, an area of it because to, to keep an eye. Um, but then I was talking to someone and they were saying that they pretend that they're being hypervigilant, but it's really just because they really enjoy doing some of the the, the activities of climbing guilty, up and going down the slide. Guilty so. as charged. Charged, yeah. Judge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do we, think we used to bring our lad, well. our, our lad, we used to bring him to play centres, and because because he's on the spectrum, he was kind of seven and eight, and his friends were, mm. were three or four, and they were having a birthday party. And of course, I was, I, I need to watch him to make sure he's okay. <laughs> I just loved sitting in a ball through a ball pool, throwing <laughs> bits of foam. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a, few, a lot of parents are guilty of that as well. You know, <laughs> kind of reliving their old childhood. Yeah, they've they've changed though, haven't they? Playgrounds have changed. Yeah. Oh yeah, they've got really kind of like because when you think back to like the eighties and nineties, like they were kind of like quite kind of simple in that you had your kind of chain swing and maybe a slide and a kind of roundabout. Whereas now they're like really creatively kind of thought out, and you can kind of I went past a playground the other week and it had like a climbing frame in the shape of a bird, and like so they're really uh, uh, kind of and they've got all like wood chip in case they fall so they don't hurt themselves. So they're really kind of um, nice spaces, and especially if you live like 
like maybe in a city centre or something like that. There's very few areas where your kids can kind of just run around with abandon and you don't you're not worrying. Oh my God, are they going to dash out in front of a road? So they're really they are great facilities, and I really noticed how much I missed them when in lockdown they kind of closed up a lot of the yeah. playgrounds for a bit. So yeah, yeah, they have all these foam. <laughs> The phone yes. underneath now, you can you can fall on. I mean, I remember him, I'm older than you, I've no doubt. We're all, the only thing that was bre- there to break our fall was muddy water. <laughs> yeah. A pool of mud. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's it's now where he's like he said it's on foam where they practically bounce when they when they fall over, you know, type of thing. So it's definitely an improvement. Did enough? You mentioned lockdown during lockdown, of course. The 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 the, the coffee truck um, phenomenon. I would think that a yeah. playground, any any coffee truck operator with a co- bit oh, of yeah. cop on is spending their Saturdays yes. down by the playground. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you're there for hours, so and parents are like, you know, so exhausted. If there's anyone who's in need of like, you know, caffeine, it's a, <laughs> it's exhausted parents. So they'd make an absolute mint if they went down. And another of the t- types of parents you'll sometimes notice that I mentioned in the article are like the hungover parent, which I think oh. everyone's been at some. Yeah, all in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's it's almost like a different level of hangover when you're around small kids because they just have no sympathy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like they. Don't don't care. So you can kind of see sometimes mm. the hungover parent with the coffee, the sunglasses on and just uh, praying that everyone yeah. stops uh, screaming them. And they take an extra napkin with the coffee so that you yes. can roll it up and make earplugs out of it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's very inventive. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's great fun, the article, the various different kinds of parents. The par- so which have you figured out yourself which one you are? You reckon you're TripAdvisor now, are you? I'm I'm a bit of, I am kind of can relate to every single group, but I think maybe I say one of the parents is the resistance is futile. Like, cause there's a lot of parents who are very kind of hands-on and kind of narrating their child's play mm-hmm. and kind of, whereas I, I kind of feel like my kids always seem to be the ones who are running around like maniacs without coats Sisha, on and screaming. not up there, Sisha, no, oh, Jesus, yeah. the ones here. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. Exactly. So I'm, yeah, it's kind of the chaos is probably the, the trial. <laughs> Good talking yeah. to you. Good talking to you. Kirsty Blake Knox writing about the various different kinds of parents that you see as a playground. I always remember him, Kitbag Kevin. I don't know who he was, though, this guy above him, but a very organised man. Disgracefully organised man. He did everything. Uh, <laughs> Love that. 0818 96 96 96. Actually, the, um, the TripAdvisor story, having mentioned the TripAdvisor parent. I'll tell you about this. There's a restaurant or there was. I don't know if it's still there. There was a restaurant in Santa Ponza which was known as Mrs. Kelly's. It was famous. She's probably still there because at the time I ate there she'd been there for the bones of 40 years. She went over for a summer (laughs) yonks ago. But Mrs. Kelly didn't take too kindly to you if you weren't nice to her on TripAdvisor, particularly if you hadn't good reason to be. If something was wrong, she'd apologise to you all day long. But if you were just being an arse. And I remember, this is years ago now, so don't go looking for it, it's probably long gone. While we were on holidays, this TripAdvisor review went up to saying that Mother Kelly's big breakfast was awful. Which it wasn't, it was gorgeous, trust me, I had it. Mother Kelly's big breakfast was awful. It was cold and uh, then they couldn't throw you out of the restaurant long enough or quick enough. 
to get the next table served. Very unpleasant review. To which, I'm assuming it was herself, came back and said, well, seeing as you were so pissed you fell asleep into it, what options did we have? And I thought, that's how you answer a bad review. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM They can call me Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The weekend. On Corks 96 FM Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity gossip. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. The lines are Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Yeah, I must remind you, Premier League live back this weekend at 96fm.ie with Trevor Welsh and the team Saturday from midday, powered by talk sport. Live coverage of Manchester City versus Everton kicks them off at half 12. Liverpool against Burnley at 3 and then it's Knott's Forest against Newcastle United at half past 5. In between all of the updates from around the grounds as they come in. You won't miss a trick with Trevor and the Premier League Live team with Harvey Norman your home of the big screen. Listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or pop over to 96FM .ie. There's a story um, that Irish people are the chattiest taxi passengers in all of Europe. Now, to the taxi drivers listening, that means one of two things. Either they absolutely love their passengers or they drive them mad because they don't shut up. This is research that was carried out by Freenow, which they did all across Europe. And they found that the Irish are on top when it comes to starting chats from the back seat of the taxi. The British are next in line. We've beaten the Brits. Lads, we've beaten the Brits at something. Topics, well, we like to talk about small talk, basically. Old nonsense. Work. The weather. The traffic. We tell them about the day we've had. The night we've had. Our politics, whether they want to hear them or not. And, of course, the state of the health service. I'd say the poor taxi drivers of Cork must be driven mad from drunken opinions on the state <laughs> on the state of the health service. But we are, and I would nearly contend that in that particular finding, Cork are probably the the talk, most talkative passengers of them all. That's research from from Free Now. I'd love to hear from drivers, Bobby, and a few of the other drivers. I'd love to hear from them now about the kind of things, the kind of conversations that start in the back of the cab. Are there questions you get asked a hundred times a night? Paul, who regularly rings us in on, on taxi things, uh, are, there, are there questions you get asked a hundred times a night? Like, are you busy? Are you on long? We'll be on for the night now. They must drive you mad. They really must. 
Joe, it's a bit like the the hairdresser. How many times a day does a hairdresser ask a client, any holidays planned? <laughs> Actually, you know what? We all must have things that annoy us in the course of our jobs. It really must. Questions that you get asked every night in the course of your job. Do you know, like walking into Dino's. Have you chips? Well, what else the hell do you think I have? Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, but the taxi drivers of Cork must have things that uh, you're sitting in the front. I can imagine sitting in the front seat of the car, and his fellow says, "Go to the Balancholic, right?" And he starts talking, and he starts talking in Washington Street, and it's talking pure tripe. And you're sitting there going, "Where you going, Balancholic? Will you ever shut the hell up, Mother of God? If he asks me one more time, is it busy? I'm going to drive into the wall." <laughs> They must exist. Taxi drivers of Cork, come to me. 0818 96 96 96. Now, the Owen and We Educate Together National School, we've spoken to them before. We've spoken to Trina Golden before, who's the principal down there. And I'm trying to get my head around what they're doing down there, Trina. They've split the school into two parts. I remember it always being in, in Heronswood, but obviously times have changed. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very good. Very good. It's a much bigger school now. So what's happening? So this is, currently it's all a plan. It's all all theory right now. And I suppose that's why I'm on and that's why we're reaching out because the plan is ludicrous and we, we kind of need people to help us make it not happen. So where we are right now, we're in Heronswood. We've got six classrooms here and they're full this year. We've got six classes. Come September, we'll be adding another junior infant class, so we need more space. Um, now, we have a permanent site in Janeville, but look, the building's going to take time, four or five years. So between now and then, we need space to grow in that time. So the department came back to us. I was speaking to you last May, and I was saying the forward planning is a problem um, as I was working out of the staff room. Mm. So the department came back to us, and their plan for next September is that two of our classes will go, they'll split the site and they'll put two of our classes across the other side of Carrigaline in the Carrigaline Educate Together National School site in two old prefabs. Oh yeah, because there are so, two. There's the there's your little Educate Together there in Heronswood, that's the Onabui. And then there's the yeah. Carrigaline one, which like it says, up the back of Kilnagleary. They're not the same entity, No. Two separate schools in the same way that any two Catholic schools or two girls schools or whatever gotcha. are, are separate schools. Um, so we were we were founded, I suppose, to serve this side of Carrigline, the new houses in Janeville, Herons Wood, and the other Educate Together, which is an established, very successful school with waiting lists and so on. They're over the Kilnagleary Crosshaven side. So anyone, I suppose, our issue is that someone in Tullamore is sitting at a computer and looking on Google Maps and saying, sure, that's only five minutes away. <laughs> you know, that's how they're looking at this. You know, it's a five-minute drive. Yeah. And anyone in Cork, you say it to, it's the other side of Carrigaline, laughs out loud because in traffic in the morning, that's minimum 30 to 40 minutes. It is, yeah. So we're asking, get more, you know, we're, we're, we have a lot of siblings, um, which would have to be split. So we'd be asking that a parent drops here and then spends 40 minutes in traffic to drop their other child over at the other side of Carrigaline, 
um, into a prefab with no facilities, no support rooms, not even a toilet for the teachers that would be over there. Oh, really? Um, so they, they won't have access to the main school? No, because it's it's a completely separate school. So it's like, you know, the, the campuses where you have a secondary school and a primary school, they're completely separate. There's no interaction between the two. Um, so there wouldn't be access to any of their facilities. We, we'd, we'd try to get use of the, I suppose, the yard space for a bit of time every day. But other than that, it's two bare classrooms. So, for example, for our autistic pupils or kids with additional needs, no sensory spaces that we have here. You know, none of the resources, no special education teaching room, absolutely nothing. They're just expected to, to walk in the gate of another school, look at a gorgeous school building and then walk over to prefabs and go spend their day in there. Now, clearly, um, if there are prefabs, side, Trina, if there, if there are prefabs, more space is needed. Could you accommodate more classes down in Heronswood at the moment? Unfortunately not. So the, so the department came down and did an assessment here. There just isn't space. But I suppose our proposal and what seemed the perfect solution, because their current proposal is a two-year plan, but our building's not going to be built for another four, five, six years. Mm. What happens after that? We're back here again. So what we had proposed was that they put prefabs or temporary accommodation on our permanent site. They've bought the site. The site is there. Um, there isn't an issue with the space for now. We checked that with the project manager, and the buildings department are saying they're not going to do that because of the cost. So, so this, this your proposed permanent that. permanent home it's it's a while now since I'm twenty years out of Carrigaline now, but I, yeah. I, I know the area. Like Janeville is enormous, and, and you're going to be in there, and the site is ready. Has is there utilities on it? Is there is there power on it? Is there water on it? No. And, and I suppose that's where the reticence from the department is coming from. They'd have to do the services. And there is a cost to that. Of course there is. From my perspective, I appreciate the cost. I appreciate the value for money aspect. Those services are going to have to be connected at some point. That's the point. You they're know, going, to have, to, they're going to have to spend the money anyway. Exactly. And look, it's a plan that would get us through right until whenever the building is ready. However long that might take, we'd be all together We'd be on the site. We're going to be serving the community we were opened to serve. Places available for the kids in Janeville with appropriate supports and rooms. And I'm not shuttling between two buildings on opposite sides of Carrick Line trying to run a school like that. It's not feasible. So are you suggesting, Trina, that where, where you are, sorry to cut across, where you are in Heronswood at yes. the moment, are you suggesting that you would effectively leave that and move the whole thing in prefabs over to Janeville? Absolutely. That would have been our ideal solution. Now, look, if that's possible or not possible immediately, you know, we're we're willing to discuss alternatives. I'm not saying this is the only thing on the table. Obviously, sure. that's not in my power to say. But going across Carrigaline to the other side of Carrigaline absolutely isn't possible. And okay. it's not a reasonable request of our parents. We have two autism classes who are integrating into their mainstream classes. How does that work? Do yeah. they get a bus over to the other site when they want to be in mainstream? Yeah. And then they come back? Like, I have, yeah. There's no thought gone into this. There is also no way in the wide earthly world that you can drop Shawnee to the Kilnagleary and Susan to your place. Anything, anything like time for school. Absolutely One of them is guaranteed to be late. But unfortunately, 
for our parents, their options are do that or look elsewhere. But there aren't places, you know, there aren't spaces elsewhere. Like we're opened because Cargline schools are full. Yeah. You know, they, so they're putting parents in an impossible position. Um, and it's just not good enough. Our kids deserve better. Our parents deserve better. Our staff deserve better. Mm-hmm. We're a school. We're, we don't deserve to be split across a town. Um, yeah. And we're just asking people to kind of share the story. Well, well, you have two cabinet ministers living locally and a third one in the same constituency. Have you? And, and the, the one, the, 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 Michal Martin, of course, a former minister for education himself. Have you tried to, to use any political muscle here? We have. Look, we've reached out to everyone. We've had positive response from, from Seamus McGrath and Michael McGrath. They've been supportive. But, you know, that that's a couple of weeks ago. And at this point, the board is saying, well, we need more than, than verbal support because the Department of Education are saying, no, this, this is happening. There is no movement here. So we need, I suppose, to see people willing to come and sit around a table. Yeah. And, and you're suggesting, to Trina, this is a, a desktop decision, that someone sat in an office and said, well, that's what we'll do. No one, you believe, we could be wrong or we could be right, you believe no one has actually come down and walked the ground. I don't believe that anyone who has ever sat in morning traffic in Kerrigaline would propose this plan. That would be my view on it. And, and I don't think there's anything that could convince me that someone sat in that traffic and went, right. yeah, this would be fine. I think you're right. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. So when must something be set in stone, Trina? There isn't a set deadline on it. As far as the buildings department and the Department of Education are concerned, this is done. This decision has been made. And despite, you know alternatives being proposed and, and suggestions about looking elsewhere, they're not willing to consider any alternatives. So as far as they're concerned, this decision is made. So from our side, it's it's the position of, of trying to change those minds and trying to, to find people with enough power and influence or, or you know, enough noise to make them sit down and, and have a conversation with us. Okay. Um, because we're a small school. There's only 60 families here and, you know... Uh, that line seems to be dropping on us. It is, yeah. Trina, thank you. Trina Golden, who's the principal of the Onabui Educate Together National School. The advantage of Trina talking to me is I lived there for 10 years. I lived in Carrigline for 10 years. I know it at the back of my hand and she is completely right. It is just not possible to have two siblings, one at one end of Carrigaline and one at the other end of Carrigaline. It's just not possible to drop them both to school at the same time. And it is also ridiculous to dis- to split, do that kind of split. It's just, if you know the area, and I do, it's just not possible. It makes no, it makes no sense at all. I don't know where they're going to put it inside in Janeville. And you know yourself, if you live down there, that's an enormous estate gigantic fine houses gigantic estate uh, no utilities on the site for the school but as Trina said sure they have to go in anyway the electricity and the water has to go in anyway if that's the permanent site they're going to be going to it's one we'll watch thank you Trina and sorry about the line 
collapsing there at the end. If there's anybody with kids going to that school in Carrigaline or possibly going in September when you'd have this ridiculous notion of one sibling going to one end of Carrigaline and the other sibling going to the other end of Carrigaline, or maybe, like she said, a child with additional needs who then wants to integrate into a regular class, the regular classes at the other side of Carrigaline. How's that going to work? 0818 96 96 96. Johnny says on the taxi drivers, a taxi driver should just put a sign up. Please don't ask me the following. <laughs> Please don't ask me the following questions. And then, Johnny, you know what happens then, don't you, Johnny? Of course you do, Johnny. They say, and why can't I ask you? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Corks 96 FM Question 10. Who represented Ireland in the Eurovision last year? Quickly, one more time. Okay, okay. Question 10. Who represented Ireland in the Eurovision last year? You said Wild Youth. Ah, for the love of God, I'm going to have to do a boom shakalaka! Oh my yeah. God! You did it. Two thousand euros back pocket. No, into the visa bill after good. <laughs> <laughs> to be done. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. The two grand minutes. I'm getting money. Listen to play at seven forty at eight forty every day. With Cork Dental Care, you'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at CorkDentalCare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Money. On Cork's ninety six FM. The Department of Education. Um, issued a statement to the ECHO um, in relation to this story. They said, a project to provide a new 16-classroom primary school building for Onabui Educate Together National School is being advanced by the Department of Education and is currently at stage one, i.e. preliminary design. Pending the completion of this new school building, interim arrangements for the accommodation of the school have been put in place. In order to facilitate the continued growth of the school, additional accommodation is required for the 2024-2025 school year. The department is currently engaging with the school patron, Educate Together, to put a solution in place in this regard. That's as much as the Department of Education has been willing to say to uh, the ECHO in their coverage of that particular story. It's one we'll stay with. It's one we'll stay with. 0818 96 96 96. Now, things like that, local schools and their placement and and everything to do with it will become big election issues this year. They'll become local election issues and maybe if we have a, a general election before the end of the year, they'll become a general election issue as well. Certainly there'll be a local election issue. I think the local elections are timed for around about the early days of June. Well, one man who won't be standing for the county council this time is uh, Councillor Paul Hayes, independent from West Cork, uh, who announced recently that he's stepping down and won't uh, contest the elections. And as you leave, Councillor Hayes, Paul, you have thrown a shot across the bows as you prepare to move on about councillors being paid. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well. 
Yeah, I suppose, look, I made a big decision uh, over Christmas that um, after, I suppose, over 20 years now in, in, in politics that uh, I won't be putting my name forward in the uh, the local elections in uh, in June. Um, and yeah, that'll be a big, big change. But yeah, I suppose, look, I was outlining a number of reasons, you know, why I came to that decision. And uh, I suppose look, one of the observations being that I think, you know, Local authorities and, and local councillors, I think, need to be resourced properly. Um, certainly, uh, as I said, the local authorities are, are, are constantly going to central government and, and to ministers cap in hand looking for you know, money to, to, to build houses or to roads or whatever it is. And, and also, uh, along with that, even the role of uh, an elected representative uh, our role, and I know I'm probably going to get a bit of grief from this from 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 the public, but um, I, I think it, it's it's essentially a full time job on a part time wage, um, and and there's no two ways about that. And I, I just feel that more and more people are going to walk away from um, you know local politics and being a county councillor uh, unless they're properly resourced. Really, you know. The last figure I have to hand is from 2022, which is just under. 26,300. It's not called a salary. It's an allowance. How is that paid out? Is it monthly or do you get a lump sum or what? Yeah, we, we, we get, I suppose, essentially paid fortnightly. Um, well, I suppose, yeah, you get the, the allowance uh, monthly and then look if you've uh, any expenses or whatever, you, you're, you're paid that separately. But yeah, all in all, like you're, you're, you're in and around, uh, I think it's maybe about 28,000 euros uh, annually at this stage. Um, and look, it, it has actually crept up in the last year or so um, when we were elected in, in, in the most recent term back in 2019. I think the, the allocation was in, in around 17,500. Yeah. And do, do you pay tax on that allowance? You do, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So, as I said, you know, for me personally, I, I look at me with a mortgage and, and three teenage kids. Sure. Um, I, I, I couldn't possibly do the role of a county councillor without having another uh, job to, to subsidise that, you know. Most, most of them do, though, don't you? Most of you do have another gig, Paul, don't you? Yeah, I suppose look, looking at the, my, my colleagues in the chamber, for the most part, uh, most would have another job of some sort, like some might be self-employed, some might be, you know, farming or, or teaching or, um, or and, and there are some who are retired essentially. So I suppose, look, they may have, you know, a pension from a previous job and they mm. may be a little bit more flexible with their time. But yeah, I, I think for the most part, most of us would have uh, another job uh, as well as uh, that at the council, you know, so. And would you consider it in your experience, as you say, 20 years, would you consider it to be a full-time job? Well, look, I mean, like the schedule of meetings, you know, if people got through it, look, we'd have meetings mostly on, on, on Mondays um, and more than likely again on a Friday and then maybe committee meetings potentially during the week. Like, um, But I suppose look, to, to do the job properly, you, you have to attend, you know, other meetings in the community then uh, most nights of the week. Yeah. Um, as I said, my, my 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 job, you know, I try to maybe work Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays in, in my other job. Um, and then come the evening, you're, you're either going to a meeting or you're replying to constituents' emails and phone calls and messages uh, and all of that, you know. Um, and if you wanted to, to do, you know, a press release or on, on an issue, whatever that you're trying to highlight, you'd have to do that late into the evening and all of that as well. Like So it, it essentially, it, it takes up all of your time. I mean, and especially in, in, in this day and age of social media, 
like there, there's no day off as such. Like uh, we, we'll get messages on Saturday night and Sunday night and, you know, at all hours, like, and look, we've, we've just come out of a, a weekend of uh, another, another storm and bad weather and roads and fallen trees and wires. And look, uh, I suppose people would see us as a conduit to, um, to the council staff as well, you know, so they would be messaging us saying, look, there's a power line down here. Like, so we're, 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 we're available 24 seven. So you'd be putting in a lot of hours for that 26,300 euro. Your contention, Paul, is that it should be a full-time job with a full-time salary. What kind of salary would you be thinking? I, I think the, I the average industrial rate wage is in around, I think, 45,000, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for, for anybody, as I said, you know, uh, trying to pay a mortgage or paying rent or whatever it is and raise a family, I, I think that's the very least that you that you would need. Uh, and I absolutely understand that your listeners will probably be shouting at the radio going, you know, try living on the minimum wage or try living on, on, on social welfare. I absolutely understand that too. Um, but as I said, I, I think, you know, to to attract people into the role of, um, you know, for local government and, and, and into the councils, I think you'll have to pay at least that, you know, to be honest. An average industrial wage, you say, would be the starting point. And would you put an expenses package on top of that then? Because most people on the average industrial wage wouldn't enjoy something like an expenses package. Well, look, I, I think, I mean, we have no problem with doing, you know, vouched expenses. Look, in my day job, if I if I go somewhere, if I buy something work related, I keep the receipt and, you know, get reimbursed at the end of the month for that. Like, so I, look, I, I wouldn't see any problem with that if, uh, you know, with, with genuine expenses uh, in, in the role, you know. After 20 years, Paul, will you miss it? Was it a hard decision? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I think you know people ask you about being involved in politics, and I think it's almost like following a, a football team or a, or a sports team of some sort. You you have a bug, I suppose, and it's uh, it's just one of those things that gets into your skin. Um, look, I, I I suppose I'd look always be community orientated and involved in various projects and initiatives, and and I still hope to be actually after uh, even after June. But uh, yeah, I, I think I will miss it. It, it will be a big change. Um, I was uh, a town councillor at 26. I'm 46 now, so it's, it's a fairly big chunk of my life that I've been uh, uh, elected. And uh, my, my kids ha- have never known me to be not elected, I suppose, and, and involved in political life. You know, so It's difficult yeah. with t- teenagers. Well, Paul, we leave it there. We'll see what people think about your idea of making it a full-time job with a full-time salary. And wish you well in your... Retirement's probably not a fair word, but wish you well in your life after the Chamber. Much appreciated. Thank you, Vijay. You're welcome. So there's a question for you now. They get about the, the stipend or the allowance is about 20-something thousand, as Paul was saying there. Um, but he reckons that in order to properly serve as a city or county councillor, you'd want to be on a minimum of the average industrial wage. The average industrial wage, according to the CSO anyway, is something in the mid-40s. So how would you feel about the next round of councillors, which we will elect in June uh, for city and county council? Uh, 31 in the city, and is it 50 or something in the county? But there's nearly 90 of them anyway. There's nearly 90 of them. Um, how would you feel about the councillors being paid the average industrial wage of maybe 40 40-something thousand and presumably having expenses on top of it. How would you feel about that? That's what Paul... Look, he's bowing out after 20 years. It won't make a difference to him. 
but he said that that's where we should go. We used to have thousands of we town councillors and urban district councillors and all those, and then we done away with them, and we turned it into county councillors and city councillors only. So should they be paid a full time wage for what if you're going to do it properly? And I don't hold any flag or wave any flag for any particular councillor, but any of the ones I've known over me few years doing this job, it is pretty much, if you're going to take it seriously, it is pretty much a full-time job. Your thoughts are definitely uh, welcome on that one at 0818 96 96 96. I like that. Miley Cyrus and Flowers on Cork's 96 FM. She's come a long way from Hannah Montana. If you don't believe me, look it up. Look up Hannah Montana. She's come a long way. <laughs> 0818-96-96-96 Come here to me, who was the first being you spoke to this morning? The first sentient being, breathing, living being that you spoke to this morning and that you might have told you loved them this morning. Was it your partner or was it your dog? Like the first person, the first living, breathing being that I encounter every morning in Coogan Towers is actually one of the two dogs. Usually it's Harry who'll wander over to the gate when I'm coming down and start looking towards the door because he needs to get out and have a chat with Mother Nature and Bella's crawling out of the bed knowing she'll have to follow him out or she gets a toe out the backside to go out in the morning cold. But they're the first beings I talk to in the morning. The first words I exchange in the morning is almost certainly with one of the two dogs. I read here where four out of ten pet owners tell their dogs they love them more often than they tell their partners. (laughs) They say they rarely buy gifts for their other half, but would happily spend, spend, what? Spend 300 quid on a present for a dog? No. Sorry, no, I love my dogs, but no. No, no, no. 300 quid on a doggy present. This, of course, was uh, carried out, this survey was carried out by a dog-sitting company, Rover.com, uh, who who said 93% of people think that their dog knows how much they're loved. Uh, some of them spoon their dog in bed. No, it's not spoon feed. No, spoon. Spoon it. And 11% kiss their dogs on the lips, which is quite revolting, actually. That is quite revolting, kissing your dog on the lips, to be fair. Much as I love my dogs, that ain't going to happen. But I mean, the first sentient beings, I was have a, I'd, I'd have a conversation with my dog in the morning before I'd have a conversation with the Queen Bee. And that probably happens seven mornings a week, because I'm always up early, and it's always the dog is the first individual I'll exchange words with. What does that say? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie. Cork's ninety six FM. We're getting a bit of response to the Ona Bui Educate Together story, where if you heard it earlier on. And if you didn't, we will podcast it. The only way we educate together, which is in Heron's Wood and has been for years, needs to expand. There's a new site ready for it in Janeville, that big, huge estate there, but won't be ready for a number of years. So the Department of Education, in its infinite wisdom, <laughs> have decided to move two classes into the other Educate Together school at the other end of Carrigaline. 
and it's causing ructions. We'll we'll come back to it because parents are coming to talk to us. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now it's only a few weeks ago we were talking about the passing of the much loved uh, former city councillor Con O'Leary, affectionately known as Con the Robber, and 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 the the man was barely gone from us when people were saying we need to rename that part of Grawn where his shop is as Con's Hill because that's kind of what everybody has called it since God knows when because he was at the shop for nearly 50 years and it remains in, in his family uh, Sinn Féin councillor Kenneth Collins will table a motion at the next meeting of the city council looking for the renaming of that section of the hill. Ken, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you this morning? Very good. Very good. I, I know the section. I love the idea. There's one big problem. He's only been dead about three weeks, not 20 years. How are you going to get around that one? Well, look, I suppose it's about, you know, respect to him and his 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 name and what he did for the area is what I'll be pushing and I'll be asking all councillors, all parties and independents to support this motion, to go to the management and ask them to, to look at this like there's one person living on the hill uh, right next door to the shop, uh, 11A uh, Gornborough Road and she is all for living in number one council. It's the section before we'll say from the shop down, down as far as Friars Avenue is the section that would be that would be uh, requested. Um, there's a petition out there. Uh, you can go to the shop, uh, con shop with Deborah and the staff are above there. They have a petition going. Uh, there's an online uh, petition also. Um, there's over 700 signatures online and there's nearly 2,000 since last Friday. Mm-hmm. Sig- physical signatures. So the people of Gronenbach or the people of the north side are looking for this to happen. Um, you know. You can go for change when you want to have a change. There is red tape there. I'm working with Deborah. Um, long daughter, yeah, long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are, there are have, um, like, this has been done before. Roads have been named after people. But, but you will face the issue that even if you got 31 of your colleagues on board with you, there is still that small little bit of a rule that says he, it has to be 20 years after their passing. I, by the way, Ken, I... <laughs> I completely agree with the renaming of the road. I'm just wondering how you get over that particular problem. Well, it's a bylaw of Cork City Council, so it's Cork City Council. We can actually, put, we can put a motion in to change the bylaw again, okay. and 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 just for that. And look, there's also red tape, and I'm speaking with uh, Deborah on it. That you know, there's red tape in Dublin as well because there's other areas of Cork waiting to be renamed and and named. Yes, um, because the the legislation's out of date, and you know the tarnish, the, the current tarnish is sat on cooperation with Conor Leary, and I, I urge him and his colleagues in Dublin to you know have a look at the, this legislation and change it. You know, does it not have to be changed as well in terms of everywhere? Every that's some, I know you said there's only one resident, but everyone that has an address in that area w- would have to have their address formally only, changed and all that kind of thing. Only the only the people that would be living residing on the on that road would be yeah. written to the plebiscite, so it'd be one person. Well, um, there's only one. The well, there's only one. There's, yeah, no, the other, there's no other residential uh, properties there, no. There, there's one, and it's the former um, Jonathan Murphy solicitor, his former homestead. It's up for sale, and nobody's lived in that in a long, long time. You I know? see. 
Um, but look, it's gaining momentum. The people are growing about her or for it. Um, it's it's. Do you know what? It's one section of a road that you rename it, call her after him. That's I'm I'm from Gronabarhar all my life. It, it's known as Conn's Hill. It is that it's though. a landmark. I'll meet you at Conn's Hill. You know, even Con Shop itself is 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 an area where people probably through the years met for first dates and or first kiss or whatever or whatever. Like you know, mm. so. You know, it's it's just if we could happen, let's make it happen, and I'll be oh, there in council. Listen, I'd be the first. I'd be the first one if I had a vote, Kenneth. I'd be the first one to to do it because I was fierce fond of him, as you well know. And a lot of stories coming out since he passed away. Like we all knew he was a, a great fella to do a turn for someone, but stuff he did quietly that no one was ever told about. Yeah, yeah, and Deborah Laurentine and Ashling did stories they've been told. You know, um, the, from from the time of his passing, what he's after doing for people quietly behind the scenes, uh, even officials inside telling me the stories. I, I was I got the honour to shoulder his coffin into into the church on the day of his funeral. Um, you know, so I, I'm very close. To, I'm very close to Con, but Deborah, I'm his daughter. I'd be friendly with her for over thirty years. Yeah. And you know, when I was asked to shoulder his his coffin into the church, it was an honour. You know, because, again, people went to him when they needed something and without a bother, he just went and did it and without a flinch and there was no showboating about it, like, you know. Mm. And it's, it's. uh, I got told one story by an official inside, he got a a DPG, Disabled Persons Grant, pushed through council for a child that needed it in the area. He organised a grant builders and it was built within three months and they said that was record you know and I think he fed the builders out of the shop to keep the, the builders on on site <laughs> that, so he'd that have I wouldn't put past him but like yeah. he was a character like you know you heard myself and Mick O'Connell the last time saying you know that he canvassed for me but he also told me he canvassed for me and but yeah. he told me one story and uh, you know, he said to me if you get elected don't go on to the credit union board because if Mary down the road goes off her loan, she knows you're on the board. She doesn't get the loan. She's blaming you. You're losing the vote. That'd be con. That'd be con. <laughs> that'd be con, you know. You know and that, that, that was the way he was. Like He was very... And he'd often give me a call. You know, this person called him because people actually still... But maybe to the day he died, they believed that Con was a councillor because they always con- called in for Con's help. And, you know, he'd often give me a call, can you help this person or whatever, like, you know. Mm. Um, you know, with young, young discos, when we had uh, uh, the old hut, if you can remember the old hut in Granada, he, yeah. ran, he ran teenage discos up there in the U Club. And it was just, you know... A man that needs to be remembered. Look, there, there was a great I, I story. There was a great. There was an election story, Kenneth, and and this, I was only thinking about this. There was a time when there was three O'Learys running in North Central. There was Khan, there was Don, Don. And there was Donny. Remember the fellow from 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 Blackpool, yeah. Khan, Don, and Donny. Yeah. And of course, it would it would happen. Someone put up vote one, two, three O'Leary. To which the bold canny says, anyways, I know I was getting number one, like. <laughs> because they'd appear alphabetically on the ballot paper. Uh, yeah, listen, he, yeah, Con, he was a character and, you know, he, he had he had this kind of a, a cheeky little grin on him, like, you know, but it was a, a beautiful grin of yeah. happiness and love and warmth to people, like, you come know. Here, come here, come here to me, old boy, come in here, come here, sit down there. I remember going from one day for an interview. <laughs> And to the inter- I was in a hurry now because I needed the interview for the one o'clock news. And I said, go in there to the back. 
And then when you were when you were sent into the back of the shop, you were in trouble because you mightn't see him for the rest of the day. So I busied myself reading the paper. Sure, there was th- I was taking his phone calls and all from inside the back. He was running around the counter and, uh, outside, a character and a half. And the flag hanging on, uh, hanging out of the boat. The boat, sorry, over, over the donuts. Over the, the, the donuts. He didn't smoke it. He just let it burn. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, I yeah, hope it, I'd so, love to see it go nope. through, Ken. I'd love to see it go through. To be only a fitting tribute to. Uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful human being and a great public representative, a very popular, very nice man. I was gutted I couldn't actually get to his funeral at the end, but uh, I, I, you know, he was he was a wonderful man, and I've talked and thought about him rather a lot in the last few weeks and there's something that uh, I didn't plan on sharing but I, I would be wrong of me not to and I won't give any identities away but there was an individual that I knew uh, struggling with addiction that is all that I will say an individual who was well known to me who was struggling with addiction and neither his family nor his closest friends had the first idea where to start. And at the time, Khan was involved with ECAD, European Cities Against Drugs. So I thought, look, I'll give him a ring and see would he know where I might even start. That was a four and a half hour phone call. At the end of which I had names, numbers and ideas to pass on. And I said, Con, thank you so much. Not to toy boy. Not to toy boy. You rang for help. That was Con. Pat says Mick Barry Road was named after Mick Barry the bowler when he was still alive. So they never waited for 20 years then. So that's not a firm rule. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's true, actually, Pat. You're right. You're right. 0818969696. How's it going with the bottle tax? He'd have loved. Oh, Con would have loved the bottle tax. He'd have absolutely loved the battle tax. Um, there's already, I've passed two machines already that are out of order. And I've seen more of them on the thread on, on Regis. The machines aren't taking, some of them anyway, are not taking the slightest bit of pressure at all. Um, and I see some shops cleaned out of old stock so they can get the new stock in. And then other shops are Other shops seem to be taking the old stock into the machines. They're charging the deposit and then take... It's all very, very confusing. Mind you, we did get this... We did get this voice note sent to us from from Germany. Peter, they have the recycling bottles machines here in Germany since I've been here. And when, when the machine is full, the staff at the shopping centre or whatever, just take the bin away from behind the machine and replace it with, a, with another empty bin or big bag. And they put that bag in storage and then at the end of the week or whatever, the recycling company comes and take, takes the bags off, off the shopping centre. So it's not just, it's not just, oh, if the machine is full, that's it, you can't, you can't deliver your bottles there. They take away the bin or bag and replace it with an empty one. Okay. Yeah, we think that's happening in one or two other places. Deals in Patrick Street have a a bottle machine up, or and and they seem to be doing that, and possibly other places too. It's of course more work for the staff. That every so often the staff have to go in and empty empty the plastic. And you're right. Look, people are saying, would you just get on with it? Pay your extra, take back your bottle, claim your money. 
and do what the rest of the world has been doing for 20 years. There's a certain amount of sense in that argument. But there's a lot of people saying, well, hang on a second. I can't go to a shop. I'm disabled. I don't drive. My nearest bottle machine is miles away. What am I supposed to do? There's that too. Come here, Lorraine Ross Morning, back tomorrow at 6am on Cork's 96 event. They have a 500 euro IKEA voucher to be won. You could nearly build a house with 500 quid in IKEA, to be fair. Help is needed in a juicy episode of What's Your Problem? And 2,000 euro up for grabs in the two grand minute. Now, there was a bit of fun this morning. Let's see if I can't find it. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, they a bit of fun. They found that Ross is a big fan of the cores. Now, that was something that you'd kind of keep very well hidden in years. Or, or at least he says he's a fan of the cores. You know me now, guys. I am probably the cores' biggest fan. What would be your top three favourite songs by the cores, Ross? Go on, go, go on, on, leave me breathless. Yeah, one song. Oh, is that just one That's song? That's just, just the one song, yeah. Um, don't blame it on the weatherman. That's bewitched. What do you like? You look also, like me dad. Also bewitched. Which ones are the ones that Listen. wore denim? <laughs> <laughs> I am the voice of the wind and the Emer pouring Quinn, Eurovision rain. entry. Um, what about him? Um, sail away, sail Enya. away. Titles don't matter. I'm, I'm a, it's, it's just about the vibe. I'm a fan of Irish music. Ah, I get it. Yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs> Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Weekdays from 6am. Corks 96FM. They really are. They really are just no words, aren't they? Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All your podcasts up ASAP. Back to a whole lot more tomorrow, including the Onabui school story. There's a lot of responses out there. We're back in the morning, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.